This is kind of a new song. It reminds us that Christianity is not really, not, it's not about checklists. It's not about doing all the right things. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, it's all about who you are to him and who, who he is to you. And so this song reminds us of that. And uh, we'd like to invite you to stand. I know it's new, and so uh, try to sing along with us as best you can. Some people think you're distant, just words on a page. That you're nothing more than fables handed down along the way. But I've seen you part the waters where no one else could pull me from the deep. It's who you are to me. Some people think you just You're 
Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. Thank you. Well, good morning and welcome to First Baptist Church. We're glad that you're here to worship the Lord with us this morning. If you are a guest, uh, this is your first time here, you'll see this little white guest registration card there in the pew rack uh, there in front of you. And if you wouldn't mind to take just a moment to fill that out at the conclusion of the service as you're exiting, if you head down to your left to our welcome desk, our lead pastor, Dr. Cox, will be down there and you can either hand this directly to him or there's a box there on that welcome desk counter that you can uh, place this card in. And it's just a great way for us to be able to uh, connect with you, maybe meet you face to face, and we appreciate uh, you taking the, the, the few minutes to fill that out for us. And, and you can indicate on here uh, ways that we can pray for you. We'd love to be uh, praying for your needs. You can indicate on here uh, to receive our newsletter. We want you to be informed about all the different things that we've got going on in the life of the church. And so um, please fill this out and, and take care of that at the conclusion of the service. Uh, this morning, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to continue to worship. And we are thankful uh, that we're able to gather here this morning and, and worship a God who cares for us and a God who loves us. And aside from all of our many faults, God has shown us grace and mercy and compassion. And so let's pray uh, to, the, to Him. Father God, we thank you uh, for these next few moments that we get to be together as the body of Christ. And we pray, Lord, that uh, you just pause our hearts. Uh, Lord, we've had busy weeks this past week, and uh, maybe, maybe several people have uh, things going on this week that they're uh, concerned about or stressed about or anxious about. So, Father, I pray in these next few minutes that we can just pause and, and focus on you, that we can just reflect on your goodness, and we can reflect on your grace. Uh, Father, who you are in your word, that we can recognize all the things that you've done for us and the compassion that you have uh, toward us. God, we thank you for that. And we pray that uh, we live according to your word. And we pray that this week we can share that love and kindness with people around us. Help us to reflect your love in the same way that you show it to us. God, in these next few moments, uh, just lead us. Teach us through your Holy Spirit. Teach us through your word. Speak through Dr. Cox. Challenge us to live differently. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with us?
Amen, amen. You can be seated. Good morning. It's good to see you today. Good to worship with you today. Today we're doing something a little bit different from our normal routine. And today we want to pause to remember church members and immediate families of church members who have died during the past 14 months of the pandemic. Uh, Some of these um, people, some of these families did not get to have funerals or memorial services because of the conditions of the, the pandemic. Others of them had only family gravesides, and some of those even when there was a memorial service, maybe you weren't able to attend because of the conditions of the pandemic. So we want to just pause for a few moments and, uh, and recognize them and remember them. Since March the 1st, 2020, uh, 24 members of our church have died, and two members of our connection groups who attended our church, so 26 people that we're going to recognize in this segment And then we'll recognize 20 others briefly who are family members of of church members. And uh, so we're going to share a uh, picture of each church member and just a a few sentences about them. And uh, they're in chronological order of date of death, starting at last March, moving up to the present. And uh, so as I call the name, if you are a a family (coughs) member or a friend... Uh, or you want to stand in honor of these, then you're invited to stand in their honor while their picture is on the screen, and you're invited to remain standing as long as their their picture's on the screen. So uh, these are some saints of God, some friends of ours, some of them 50 or 60-year members of First Baptist Church. Some of them came to us just more recently, and we'd gotten to know them. And we just want to remember them. We want to celebrate their lives. We want to thank God for them, and we want to offer support uh, to family members uh, who are here. And of course, we're going to do this in all three services, so it may be that family members or friends are in a later service than this, of course, Um, but we just want to pause uh, to acknowledge them. We celebrate the gifts of people that God has given us and has brought into our life and brought into our church family. Evelyn Pass. Evelyn and her husband James Red uh, joined First Baptist Church in 1966. She was a member of First Baptist Church for 54 years. She worked as a bookkeeper here in Manchester. She loved the outdoors. She loved horses all of her life since she was a young girl. She loved Braves baseball. She loved her dogs. And she survived by Three children, Jimmy is in this service, Eddie, Darlene, and two grandchildren. We celebrate the life of Evelyn Pass. Vern Duncan. Vern uh, was born on a a farm in Alabama, uh, 30 acres and a mule, he said. He served our country in the United States Air Force. And while he was stationed in Fort Worth, Texas, in the Air Force, he met a young woman named Joanne. And they got married, and they were married for 59 years before her death. 
Fern graduated from Georgia Tech with a degree in aeronautical engineering. He worked at ADC for 31 years, and he and Joanne joined First Baptist Church in 1963. He was a member for 57 years. He served as a deacon, finance committee chairman, a teacher, a nursery worker for many years. Oakley Ministry, he helped us there. He loved gardening. Some of you may have received vegetables from Vern Duncan's garden. He loved bird watching, fishing. He was a storyteller. He could tell some stories. His uh, family regrets that they're not able to be here. They're out of town. But they thank you church members who stand for him and are honored that we're honoring him. He's survived by three children, uh, Jan, Mack, and Lori, and two grandchildren. We honor Vern Duncan. Lane Smith. Lane was born in Chickasaw, Alabama. He served our country in the United States Army. He was a proud Auburn fan. Those are the family's words. Those are not mine. He was a proud Auburn fan. He was Deputy Comptroller at ADC for many years. He loved to play golf. He loved to hunt. He loved spending time on his farm. And Lane got to do that to the very day that he died. He died in his pastures, working on his farm. Lane and Liz, his wife, joined First Baptist Church in 1970. They were members for 50, or he was a member for 50 years. He served uh, keeping Sunday school records for many years and served as a greeter. He was one of the first people here every Sunday morning. I miss seeing him. He's survived by his wife, Liz, a member of our church, and by children, Megan, Bruce, and Holly, and by four grandchildren. We celebrate the life of Lane Smith. Arland and Judy Casey. So Arland died in April 2020, and Judy died in April 2021. They were married for 68 years. They were apart for only one year. Arland served our country during the Korean War era. He was a deacon, several, several churches of which he was a member he and Judy served for several years as house parents for our Tennessee Baptist Children's Homes. What a great ministry uh, that was. Uh, he is survived by his children, Steve, Linda, and Trish, and eight grandchildren. We celebrate the life of Arland and Judy Casey. Mike Gregg. Mike was born in M Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And so naturally, he was a Green Bay Packer fan. He loved country music. He worked as a handyman in a construction. He died suddenly at age 50. He's survived by his wife, Lindy, who now lives in West Virginia, was a member of our church, now lives in West Virginia, was not able to be here, sends her love and gratitude to members of our church. We celebrate the life of Mike Gregg. Clara Brady. Clara Brady arrived early at church every Sunday so she could sit in the foyer and talk to people. I will remember her for because she loved Vacation Bible School. She helped us round up children. Back in the days, we had a van ministry and picked up children. She was a mother of seven children. She survived by four of them, Freddie, Thelma, Debbie, and Darlene, and by ten grandchildren. We celebrate the life of Clara Brady. Mike Gerald. Mike is one of those who died too soon. He was 63 years old. But Mike loved life. 
And so we choose to focus on his life. Mike was a longtime business owner in Manchester. He loved golf, he lo as you can see by this picture. Uh, this is a picture that uh, his wife selected. It reflects his loves. He loved golf, fishing, hunting. He loved laughing. Uh, he loved making other people laugh. Uh, Mike was full of life and joy. He, he is, it was my privilege to baptize Mike in uh, March of 2001. He confessed Christ as his Savior, was baptized here in this church. He's survived by his wife, Jeannie, and by children, Craig, Gracie, Riley, and one grandson. We celebrate the life of Mike Gerald. Ron Jones. Ron was a graduate of North Carolina State University with a degree in aeronautical engineering. He worked for Boeing in Huntsville on the Apollo space program and then worked at ADC for 28 years. He loved building things. He loved being outdoors. He was a member of First Baptist Church of Samford, North Carolina, but a member of our connection groups and with his wife, Carolyn. They were married for 54 years, and uh, he is survived by Carolyn, still a member of our church, and uh, three children, Rhonda, Gwen, and Greg, and four grandchildren. We celebrate the life of Ron Jones. Gene Walter. Gene is another who died too soon. He was 54 years old. Gene lived part of his early life in Florida, but he moved to Manchester and became a member of First Baptist Church 20 years ago. He was the owner of Serve Pro in Manchester. Gene loved fishing. Uh, he served in our church in many capacities. He was a greeter. He was a decision counselor. He was an upward volunteer. Uh, Gene was a model of a positive spirit in suffering the last years of his life. I love to hear Gene Walter pray in prayer meeting. He always prayed for his church, always prayed for his staff. I appreciate him. He's survived by his mother, Linda, who is in this service, by his children, Shane, Tiffany, Isaac, uh, some of whom are in this service, by three grandchildren, and by three sisters, some of whom are a part of our church, Rose, Karen, and Chrissy, and are here in this service. Some of them are here in this service. We celebrate the life of Gene Walter. Larry Lawley. Larry was born in Pampa, Texas, and he moved to Manchester with his wife, Sandra Parrish Lawley, who's a member of our church. And, and few of you had, have met Larry because in the time that he was here in Manchester, he uh, suffered with MS and was homebound in his home. Uh, but he asked to join our church in absentia. Uh, he sent a note saying, I cannot be there physically, but I want to be a part of a church family. So since 2019, he's been a member of our church. Prior to having MS, he loved camping. He was a fly fisherman. I love talking with him about fly fishing. He fly fished the Rio Grande River in Colorado. He was father to three, Joshua, LJ, and Joanna. Stepfather to Je Shannon and grandfather to six. We celebrate the life of Larry Lawley. Daryl Boer. Darrell was born in McMinnville. He served our country in the United States Navy in the Atlantic Fleet during the Vietnam War era. And then he served in the Army in Germany. Darrell was saved at First Baptist Church in 1980, 
1985, baptized here in the spring of 1985, and in a single Sunday school class in December of 1985, met Ana Maria. You ought to go to Sunday school. Good reason to go to Sunday school. And they were married, and uh, he, uh, since that time, over 35 years. Darrell worked at ADC as an electric operator for 30 years. He loved playing the electric guitar, and he survived by his wife, a member of our church, Ana Maria Boer. We celebrate the life of Darrell Boer. Jim Crosland. Jim graduated from Coffee County High School in 1952. He's uh, one of the sort of rare locals. He served in the, our country in the United States Air Force. He was a partner in Total Graphics, a printing business for many years here in our area. And he was married to his wife, Janie, for 52 years. They joined First Baptist Church in 1973, were members here for 47 years. He served as a deacon in our church. He served as a stewardship committee member. He worked in Sunday school records. He loved traveling. He loved bird watching. There was a memorial service for Jim in October, but I had COVID during his memorial service and did not get to attend or speak. And so Jake Dorak preached, and he brought a camera to my backyard, set it up, turned it on, left. I came out into my backyard and taped uh, a tribute to my friend Jim, and they played it at the, serve, the funeral. And so I was glad I could be a part of that in that way. He survived by his wife, Janie, who since moved to Station Hill Church in Spring Hill, be near their children. And he survived by daughter Michelle and Susan and five grandchildren. We celebrate the life of Jim Crosland. Ruby Laotti. We got to know Ruby through her son and daughter-in-law, Tim and Beverly, who were members of our church. Ed and Ruby Laotti moved here from Pennsylvania in 1998, built a home here, joined First Baptist Church. Ruby is survived by her husband, Ed, who's a member of our church. We celebrate the life of Ruby Laotti. Lucille Prater. Lucille Prater was a nurse at Coffee County Hospital for many years and then at the medical office of Dr. Albert Brandon. She loved tending her flower garden. She was a member of First Baptist Church for 56 years. She sang in a ladies group here. She's survived by two daughters, Suzanne and Mary Jo, and by five grandchildren, we celebrate the life of Lucille Prater. Marion Wilkinson. Marion Wilkinson is the oldest of these members that we celebrated. She lived to be 99 years old, almost 100. She's also the longest tenured member of First Baptist that we will celebrate today. She was a member for 69 years, almost 70 years. She was born to a cotton farmer in Villa Rica, Georgia. She received her teaching degree from the University of Georgia. Her husband was a vet in Manchester. She loved gardening and flowers. I would go every spring to see the bluebells in her backyard. She had about a half acre of bluebells in her backyard. I have plants in my uh, flower garden that came from Miss Wilkinson's that she passed on to me. She lost a son in Vietnam War. She survived by a daughter, Robbie and three grandchildren, we celebrate the life of Marion Wilkinson. Richard Heron. 
Richard was only in Manchester for four years, but during that time he made a big impression on our community and on our church. Richard had cerebral palsy, but it did not stop him from being active and from serving God. He attained a master's degree from Liberty University. He was an ordained minister, and we miss him zooming around the streets of Manchester. We miss his laugh and his sense of humor. And he's survived by his wife, Della, who's a member of our church, by two sons and four grandchildren. We celebrate the life of Richard Heron. Vita Mayberry. Vita Mayberry was a nurse technician and a receptionist for Dr. Coulter Young. She was a member of First Baptist Church for 60 years. She loved crocheting, baking sourdough bread, gardening, and square dancing. She's survived by her daughters Pam and Penny and by five grandchildren. We celebrate the life of Vita Mayberry. Bill Love. Bill was born in East Tennessee in Kodak. He served our country in the United States Army. Bill and Lois Love were married for 65 years. And he was a member of First Baptist Church for 54 years, joining in 1966. He worked at ADC as an instrument technician. He was a 50-year mason. He enjoyed gardening, woodworking. I have a bowl in my office that Bill Love turned. He loved fishing. And he was, again, these are not my words. These are words of his family. He was a frustrated Tennessee Vols fan. Bill Love was a friend and encourager to me and my family. He told me one time when we were trying to do something in church and there was some opposition, Bill said, if it was easy, anybody could do it. Those words have stuck with me. Something you say may stick with somebody for years to come. We celebrate the life of Bill survived by his wife, Lois, still a member of our church, daughter Debbie, two grandchildren. We celebrate the life of Bill Love. Wayne Wilburn. When Wayne died, the University of Alabama lost one of their biggest fans. Wayne worked as a buyer of sports equipment for service merchandise. He traveled to many countries, but cornbread remained his favorite food. Wayne was a big man with a big personality to match. He was co-founder and teacher of the Life Venture Connection Group in our church. And he does not have family here, but in one of the services, his whole class is going to be here together to stand and honor him. We celebrate the life of Wayne Wilburn. Edith Terry. We got to know Miss Edith Terry through her brother Jim Sadler. Jim and Peggy Sadler were members of our church and then Miss Edith Terry came to our church and it was my honor to baptize her in 2009 when she was 81 years old. I am grateful for those who are humble enough to confess their faith, even as adults or senior adults, and at age 81, she confessed her faith and was baptized here. She loved to travel. She was a gifted artist. She was known for her cake decorating. She's survived by a son, Frank, and two grandchildren and other family members. We celebrate the life of Edith Terry. 
Nellie Zumbro. Nellie Zumbro is one of the few who grew up in First Baptist Church that we're celebrating today. Uh, and when she was here at First Baptist Church, she met a young preacher named Bobby Zumbro. I'm telling you, there's good reasons to come to church. And they were married, and they were married for 65 years. And together, he pastored, and they served together Rucker Baptist Church, Whitesville First Baptist Church, Dunlap First Baptist Church, and Woodbury First Baptist Church. Nellie had a great sense of humor. I suppose to be a pastor's wife, you have to have a sense of humor. Nellie Zumbro was a, a huge Atlanta Braves fan. There are few Braves games that she had not seen. We talked often about the Atlanta Braves. She saw almost every game. She enjoyed cooking, sewing, reading. She, she survived by her husband, Reverend Bobby Zumbro, and by a daughter, Susan, and two grandchildren. We celebrate the life of Nellie Zumbro. Jim Twitty. Jim was born in Chicago. He served our country in the United States Army. He had a long career in clinical laboratory diagnostics. He was a member of Lilburn, Georgia uh, Christian Church where he worked in the kitchen ministry and men's ministry and community outreach. He moved to Pelham just a few years ago and began attending our church with his wife Marcia. They attended the Life Ventures Connection Group. This class will stand in his honor at another service. And he's survived by his wife of 35 years, Marcia, who comes to our church. Five children and stepchildren and ten grandchildren. We celebrate the life of Jim Twitty. Mac Haley. Mac Haley served our country in the United States Army. He was the owner of 231 Auto Parts in uh, Murfreesboro. He loved bluegrass music. He was married to his wife, Emma Jean, for 66 years, and they died exactly one year apart. She died February 16, 2020. He died February 16, 2021. We celebrate the life of Mac Haley. Loretta Bonds. Uh, family didn't provide an obituary for Loretta, but she joined our church in 2002. She was a member for 19 years. She was a member of the Adult 7 Ladies Connection Group. We celebrate the life of Loretta Bonds. Tom Avey. Tom was born in Dayton, Ohio. He served our country in the United States Air Force during the Vietnam War. He worked for the U.S. Postal Service. He was a Mason. He's survived by his wife, Karen, by son, Michael, and by two grandchildren. We celebrate the life of Tom Avey. We also want to recognize immediate family members of church members. Those would be spouses, parents, or children. We have 19 church members who lost parents in the past year, one who lost a child. I'm going to read the names uh, just more briefly, but you're still invited to stand if you want to as we go through these briefly. Uh, there'll be a picture of each of these on the screen as well. And so we want to remember these family members. Evelyn Bryan, the mother of Cindy Bryan. Cindy's here in this service. God bless you. William Lee Bryan, the father of Gina Bryan. William Walls, the father of Mandy Stacy. 
Paula Terrell, the mother of Judy Norman. Judy's here in this service. God bless you. Adrian Chandler, father of Jeff Chandler. Jeff is in this service. God bless you. Nellie Parker, mother of Wesley Parker. Trudy Green, the mother of Cheryl Mai. Travis Harris, the father of Jill Turner. Dale is in this service. God bless you, your family. Vicki Oaks, mother of Becca Rossman. Pat Lowe, father of Yvonne Norton. Peggy Rains, mother of J.R. Rains. J.R. is in this service. God bless you. Ken Brown, father of Lee Brown. God bless you. Jim Johnson, the son of Carolyn Ingram. Murray Norman, father of Andy Norman. Reverend John Norman, father of Matt Norman. Jim Hollinsworth, father of Leanne Parton. Jimmy Doherty, father of Teresa Hill. Reverend William Fox, father of Tim Fox. Susie Elliott, mother of Ryan White. And Ava Peak, mother of Teresa Hall. Teresa is in this service. God bless you. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father in heaven, some of your greatest gifts and blessings to us are people. Thank you for these people. Thank you that we got to know them, that they touched and influenced our lives as family members and as friends and fellow church members. And Lord, we pray for their families and their friends. The book says you are the God of all comfort, that you comfort us in all of our afflictions. So I pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit, comfort will flow to these, that they'll have good memories, that they will be able to celebrate these lives and that they'll find your peace and hope. I pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, where are these people? What has happened to these people that we've just seen on the screen? T today I want to share with you briefly a summary, just an overview of the Christian hope of what we believe has happened to these people. Now, if you've been a Christian for a while, and especially if you've been to Christian funerals, you probably know everything I'm about to say. But newer believers and younger people who maybe haven't been to many funerals often have confusion about the Christian hope. I get calls and emails and texts when 
a grandparent or a parent has died or a loved one and, and somebody has faced death for the first time and they'll say, where are they? What, what's happened? Is my loved one uh, asleep in the grave? People will put on Facebook and send messages, RIP, rest in peace. And so they'll ask me, does that mean that they're just there in the grave resting, awaiting Jesus' return? Or is my loved one in heaven now? And if my loved one is in heaven now, well, what's the purpose of the return of Christ? What's going to change then? And so there's some confusion, I'm saying, about that Christian hope. And part of that confusion comes because the Christian hope is a two-part hope. And I want to share those two parts of the Christian hope with you this morning. First of all, the first part of the Christian hope. At death, when you die, your spirit departs your body and goes to be with Jesus. This is the first part that we believe that the Bible teaches about where these people who are Christians are. When you die, your spirit departs your body and goes to be with Jesus. Let's look at that. In Genesis 2-7, the Bible says when God made us, He says, then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. So you see, there are two components to your individuality. You are both body and spirit. That's the way God made you. Do you see it here in this verse? God took dust of the ground. You are made of a physical part. You're made of dust from the ground. But you are more than just physical, and God breathed into your li- the breath of life, and you became a living being. Your body and spirit are body and soul, and that's what it means to be alive as a human. When you die then, there will be a separation of your spirit from your body. That's what death is. It is a reversal or a separation of that. Let me read it to you in Ecclesiastes 12, 7. It speaks of death, and it says this is what happens at death. The dust, remember you were made out of the dust of the ground, the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. So this is what's going to happen to every human, Christian or non-Christian. When you die, there's going to be a separation of body and spirit, and your spirit is going to depart, and your body is going to be destroyed. Get the two Ds, the spirit departs, The body is destroyed or decays. So there's going to be that separation that happens. Uh, Christians increasingly ask me, is it okay to to cremate my loved ones? I get 25 years ago, didn't get that question. Increasingly now, I want to know if it's okay. Christians have traditionally buried our dead because as we'll see in a few moments, there's coming a resurrection of the dead. And I like that symbolism. But I recognize that Traditional funerals are becoming much more costly in our society today. And for economic reasons or for other reasons, some people choose cremation. And and I don't think that is anti-Christian. I don't think that's wrong anyway because the body is going to be destroyed. Whether it is buried or burnt or it is lost at war, the dust returns to the ground it came from. So I don't think there's any stigma or, or wrongness about that. That's what's going to happen to the body. But the spirit returns to God who gave it. So when you die, if you're a Christian, your spirit is going to depart your body and going to return, going to go to heaven. 
Let me read it to you in Luke 23, 46. Jesus is our pattern for everything in the Christian experience. And so Jesus experienced this. And these are among his last words on the cross before Jesus died. And it says that Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he gave up the spirit, some translations will say, or he breathed his last. And so what happened to Jesus when he died, he committed his spirit to the Father. And so at the moment he died, his spirit left his body and went to the Father. His body was put into a tomb. Joseph and Nicodemus buried his body. It was There's a separation that takes place. It's put in the tomb, but the Spirit went to be with him. And for Christians, we follow this same pattern. The first Christian martyr was Stephen. First person who died because he was a Christian was Stephen. And it tells us of his death in Acts 7, 59 through 60. While they were stoning him, they stoned Stephen to death. And while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Where did he get that from? He got it from Jesus. That's what Jesus said. That's what he said. He, he realized his spirit was about to leave his body. And then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And so Stephen, his spirit left his body. His body was broken apart by stones and maybe it was buried or whatever. His body was destroyed, but his spirit departed. And he said, Lord Jesus, he looked into heaven and saw Jesus and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Now, There are some groups that do not believe what I've just told you. They believe in soul sleep. They believe the spirit does not depart the body, that it stays in the grave and sleeps there. And they get it from these references in Scripture, like verse 60, where it says, when he had said this, he fell asleep. I hope that you would understand the the teaching that it is his body that fell asleep. Yes, his body is asleep, but his spirit is not asleep. His spirit has returned to the Father and is conscious and awake. And so uh, Seventh-day Adventists believe in soul sleep. They don't believe what I've just detailed to you. They believe that all parts of you would lie there asleep. Jehovah Witness believe you just cease to exist. You're gone uh, when you die. But what we believe is, is that your spirit departs the body and goes to be with the Lord. And you're conscious and you're with Jesus there, even though your body is the part that is sleeping so to speak, in the grave. In Philippians 1, 22 through 23, Paul wrote to the Philippian church, he was trying to decide whether to pray that he would die and go on to be with God or pray that he should live and keep working for them. And he said, if I go on living in the body, life in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. So there's some advantages for me to pray, God, give me a few more years. Then he said, yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart. There's our word. That's what happens to your spirit when you die. It departs. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. So the dead, their spirit departs, and they're with Jesus in heaven, and it's better by far. We don't know everything we'd like to know about your loved ones who have died this past year. Can they see us? Did they hear and see what we just did? I don't know. What are they doing there? I don't know. There's a lot of things we'd like to know, but here's what we do know. Their spirit has departed. They're with Jesus in heaven, and they're better off by far. And we celebrate that, and we take solace in that. Now, that's not the end of the Christian hope. 
Some people think, well, that's it. Okay, you die, your spirit goes to heaven if you're a Christian, that's, that's all there is. No, that's not all it is. God made you spirit and body. The body's important. Some people say at funerals, oh, the body's just a shell. It's going, well, it is a shell, but it's a part of you. It's an important part of you. God's going to redeem the whole part of you. And so we come to the second part of the two-part Christian hope. And the second part is when Jesus returns, he will raise your body and your spirit will be reunited with your glorified body. So you were body and spirit when he made you. Death separated that. He's not going to leave it like that. He's going to bring it back together and so that you'll be spirit and body in the new heaven and the new earth. The place that, we, that I'll take time this morning to share just one passage about this, clearest place, is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. If you want to know about the return of Christ, you need to go first and second Thessalonians. That's the purposes of these letters. A lot of people say to me, I want to read Revelation. I say, why? Well, I want to know about the return of Christ. I say, you won't find much about the return of Christ there. You'll find a whole lot about suffering and how to endure suffering and about the trials of life. But you won't find a lot about the return of Christ. You want to know about the return of Christ, you need to read first and second Thessalonians. That's why these letters were written. They were among the earliest letters of Paul. Christians were beginning to die. And these Thessalonians thought, Oh, they're going to miss the event of the return of Christ. You see, up to that time, they had probably thought that everybody was going to live till Jesus came, that he was going to come back soon. They thought probably in their lifetime. And then some of their church members begin to die. And, they thought, and they're, sort of, they're sort of bummed out. They're sort of sad. Uh, they're going to miss that. And Paul writes this passage that I'm about to share with you to say, Hey, no, they're not going to miss it. They got a better view of it than you do. They got the best seats in the house for the return of Christ. Here it is, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning verse 13. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. There's our word. You do sl- your body's sleeping in death. Sleep in death so that you don't grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So again, Jesus is our pattern. Jesus is our pattern that his spirit left his body when he hung on the cross went to the Father. Jesus is our pattern that three days later he rose from the dead. That's what, both of those events are going to happen to us. So Jesus died and rose again and so we believe that God will, note this right here, bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Who's he going to bring with him? He's bringing with him the spirits of those who have died. Their bodies are here But he's in heaven, and they've gone to be with Christ, and so here they come with him. All these people, I don't know the hearts of all these people, but if these people have trusted in Christ, all of these that we've seen, they're going to come with him. Their spirits are going to return with him. Jesus will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in him, according to the Lord's own word. We tell you that those who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Here's Paul's point, that these people are not going to miss the return of Christ. They're going to be the first event in it. And so those who are still alive will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down, verse verse, uh, 16, from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So the first thing that will happen when Jesus comes back, threefold sign, trumpet call, the angel, the loud command from heaven. God likes threes, you know, threefold sign. And then the dead in Christ are going to rise first. So these bodies, whether cremated, buried, destroyed in war, whatever, throughout all the ages, 
God can bring those molecules back together and those bodies are going to be brought back together. The spirit that comes down, like it happened with Jesus at his resurrection, is going to re-inhabit and reanimate that body. And that body's going to be transformed into a glorified body without any of the wrinkles or gray hair or disease or uh, amputations or whatever may have been happened when it was placed in a grave or, or when it was destroyed. All of that will be changed and glorified. And the dead in Christ will rise first. In verse 17, after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds. So they're going to go first. And then after that, we don't know, one second after that, five seconds after that, two minutes, I don't know. But after that, we who are still alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and will be with the Lord forever. Now, of course, what Paul doesn't take time to tell here, and he tells later when he writes to the 1 Corinthians, he elaborates on this, that those who are alive, so there'll be some people alive when Jesus comes, and they can't just go straight up into heaven because flesh and blood does not inherit the kingdom of God. And so Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, 51, we'll not all sleep, but we'll all be changed. So there'll have to be a transformation of your body if you're alive, just like that resurrection is a transformation of a dead body, transformation of a living body, so that you're fit and you get rid of all those wrinkles and arthritis and all that junk, and you go, your body will be transformed. 1 Corinthians 15, 51, we'll not all sleep, but we'll all be changed. You know that some churches put that verse on the door of their church nursery? We'll not all sleep, but we'll all be changed. Explain that joke to people around you. I don't have time. Uh, but uh, So, we'll be with the Lord forever. So, for these who have died, there's both satisfaction and longing. Both satisfaction and anticipation. There's such satisfaction that they're free from suffering. They're with the Lord. It's better by far. But there's also anticipation and longing. Because God made a spirit and body, and in the new heaven and new earth, we'll be able to run, jump, work, shout, sing, clap, because we'll have a glorified body and a glorified spirit, and we'll forever be with the Lord. This Christian hope is not for everyone. It is for anyone who believes in Jesus. Not everybody is going to have this hope. Let me show you one more verse. John eleven twenty five. 25. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. You want to live even though you die? You need to believe in Jesus. It's the only way to live even though you die. Because life is in him. He is the life. And come to him is the way to have life. You will exist somewhere beyond your death. But if you want to be eternally living and not eternally dying, the only way to eternal life is through Jesus in who is the living one. Would you put your faith in Jesus Christ today that you can know you'll have life after death and you can see your loved ones? Would you, would you pray with me? Oh God, right now, would there be people who would say, I need to face death. I'm a young person. I'm a teenager. I haven't thought much about it, but Lord... I'm going to either die or going to be there when you return. Either way, I need to be ready. Father, I pray right now there would some who would believe Jesus is the living one, the resurrection and the life, and put their faith in him. I pray for those who already have that hope that it will be the ground of their confidence when life throws them a curveball and that you will help us to stand on that truth no matter what with hope 
with perseverance and with faith in you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. If you receive Christ as Savior, I want to invite you to either stop by the Welcome Center today and share that with me. We can talk about your baptism or on that guest card. You can make a note. We'll schedule a time to talk. Or I want to share with you, I'm beginning an uh, introductions class this Wednesday at 6.30. If you're a new member of our church, we ask you to go through it within a year after you join. It starts this week, four-week class, 6.30. Also, new people, if you just want to know about our church, no obligation, no pressure. We share with you about all of our church. It's mission, ministry, philosophy. We introduce basic Christian beliefs, basic spiritual growth principles. Let you know what Christianity is about. You can ask questions. It's for anybody who's interested. It starts this Wednesday at 6.30. You'll have a chance to join in that class as well if you choose to do so. Thank you for being here today. You stand and let's sing together. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. We come before you today just to worship you, Lord. Bless the Lord. Let's sing this together. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I worship your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Sing it. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, 
seated. As we close here this morning, there's several important things there in your worship guide, uh, VBS stuff, there's a mission trip possibility, church softball, the CDP classes. Make sure you check that out. I'm just going to highlight one tonight. We've got the kids uh, musical, the kids choir musical. Be here at six o'clock for that. It's called uh, Mission Possible. And so you won't want to miss out on that. Uh, I'm sure that will be great. If you want to give through, uh, you know, worship through giving, you can do that at the, on the boxes there on the back wall as you're exiting. I'm going to close this in prayer, and, and we will be dismissed. Father God, we thank you that you give us eternal hope, that we have hope in you, and we look forward, Christ, to your return. We thank you for your love. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.